I, I can't believe it took this long to get you on my show. I was on like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just feel like you should be back more often, though. You know? Yeah, you know, we started doing a, a um, interview episodes of the Vershast. Maybe we can trade back and forth because we're doing we're doing second episodes every week now. You know, I, I you know, I, I'm I'm game for that. We should do it. I think two years ago we. It was the, the height of the headphone jack debate. And we made people wait <laughs> like have over an hour before we actually addressed it, <laughs> which I thought was very clever on both of our parts. I am still exhausted. I find that this, this, uh, I always say like this for me is like for an accountant, this is like April 15th, you know, this yeah. is. This to me is super exhausting. Uh, and even yeah. though, even though I put my watch review up Wednesday, it's and now we're recording on Friday. I still feel like punch drunk. I am it, it, it I, and I counted, and I'm not trying to brag. It, it, it. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's a big number from the event until Wednesday at one when I finally put my watch review up. I wrote. 12,200 words in three articles on Daring Fireball. That's crazy. It's more than you're doing lately. You're all podcasts now. <laughs> I, That's it's a big a, shift back. So did you, did, I didn't even, I, <laughs> this, is, this is how exhausted and behind I am. I thoroughly read your iPhone XS review. I didn't even check The Verge's iPhone uh, or, or Series 4 watch review. Did you write that or did somebody else? Dieter did that one. See, that's um, that's where I need I need like a staff. <laughs> I encourage everyone to find a partner like Dieter to work with. It's probably the most rewarding working relationship I've ever had. Um, so yeah, go find that guy. Go find Dieter. <laughs> Stay the hell away from him. Um, but you know, for us, it's a little different because we have to make videos too. Right. So this week, this that... week for me is. Hey, I don't know if this happens to you. After the event itself, I have to go back and watch the video. Like I have to watch the live stream just to remember everything that happened. Because we're live vlogging, and then we're like, "I saw you in the hands-on area," and everyone should know this. John saw me taking photos in the hands-on area, and he just goes, "I'm so happy I don't have to do that shit." <laughs> so like, we're like in pure panic mode right. at the event, and we come out of it, and I always have to that night. I always sit down and watch the live stream to remember what the hell happened. So that's like step one. And then we get back, you know, we got the devices. Our video was made by eight people. Like I counted at like 2 a.m. on Monday night. You know, we published at 6 a.m. Tuesday. There were eight people in the Verge office, like cranking away in this video. And then hilariously, on the other side of the office, our science team was watching the Elon Musk's I'm going to send artists to Mars or artists to the moon. <laughs> so it was like a totally crazy night in the Verge office. Um, so we, we, the whole Verge calls it iPhone week. Yeah. Right. Here's iPhone week. It's going to happen. It's going to be this big thing. Um, we have a new executive producer. She's great. Her name is Nori. She runs our video team. She came to one of our shoots just because she wanted to like hear what, see what all the hype was about. And now we're like kind of good at it. She's like, this seems pretty calm. And we're like, no, this is still as crazy as ever. We're just good at it. Um, but I'm, I am like very lucky to work at a place where like so many people are involved in the production of the thing that we do. Um, and it's, it's just remark every year. This is just a remarkable week for us. 
because we everything that we can do we we do right we take photos we make videos we do an instagram thing we have a pot like all of the things all of the tools that the verge has we like throw at this project and yeah. and then i don't know if this is like for you but you would think it would be over like you publish the thing you like throw the bomb over your shoulder and walk away. But that <laughs> day for that is me, what it feels like when I hit the button, you hit the button and it's like, do you have that moment? I don't, did you hit the embargo? I have this one moment of panic when like the thing goes up at 6am and then, you know, Twitter's like a little slow. So I don't see everybody else's. I'm like, Oh, I fucked that up. Like I got the, I'm like, I go and, ch- and then like the wall street journal goes up or something. I'm right. Like, uh, so I have that moment of panic, but then I have a whole day of, people reacting and like talking to me about the review and asking questions. So that's another whole day of work and like really enjoyable work. Like that's what you live for. Right. I, I, I completely agree, but it, it, it is completely why I had to pull two consecutive all nighters. So yeah, I I'm, I'm terrible at deadlines. I almost hit. So, uh, and I, and this is exactly what this podcast is for. I love this inside baseball. So the embargo dates were, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time for the iPhone XS. And then <laughs> Wednesday, 6 a.m. for the Series 4 Apple Watch. And I'm writing my iPhone review, and it's I, I got it. It's like I feel it. The words are coming out of my fingers really well. But I literally was up all night. And uh, I dosed the caffeine just right you know like i wasn't like super jittery <laughs> you know but i got it and i i think i published at like 7 a.m i mean it, for and for me that's really close um oh no i didn't hit at 7 a.m because i, I <laughs> the inside story the way behind the scenes story is i i felt so good the night before about where I already was. And I knew I was going to get up at 6. Wh- whether I was going to get any sleep or not, I was going to get up at 6 to publish if I was done. And so um, usually uh, my wife Amy takes our son to school. And I said, you know what? I'll be up. I will take him to school tomorrow. So I, I was like, you can sleep in. I got it. And it came time to take him to school. And I was in- I was editing. It was like final <laughs> editing. But I wasn't done yet. I was like, ah, oh, geez. And I was like, we're going to speed walk to school today. <laughs> so I took him to school. So I published around eight. That's right. I would have pu- yeah. probably published around seven, but I, it wound up being a little after eight because I took my son to school. Yeah. And then I had that day of, uh, I, I read your review. I read Joanna's. I read a couple others. I read Panzerino. You know, it, it, there's still some. I have so many open tabs from reviews to read. I, I still want to see what other people have to say. Um, but I'm, and I'm taking feedback from people all day. But meanwhile, I know that I've got this 6 a.m. deadline the next day for, for the watch. And then eventually I go to sleep and I wake up around like 6 p.m. And uh, it's like I got to get going on the watch thing. But in the meantime, I'm still taking feedback from the iPhone review. And, and, and again, like you said, it is fantastic. It is exactly why I do this. It is, it is, it is both the hardest I work all year and by far and away the most rewarding. The only thing that compares is when I do my live uh, show at the WWDC in terms of uh, being rewarding and feeling like, Hey, I'm okay at what I do. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you that. And, and and for me, it's like both positive and like, I want to hear, I'm 
I'm very interested in what people think I got wrong, right? Oh, and like, me too. That's exactly why I have you on the show because 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 I thought I felt like our reviews were were quite different in terms of the camera, and that is exactly you know like that is exactly. I don't want you to tell me what I got right. You don't even have the phone yet. I want to know like what I got wrong, and I want to know what questions you still have that are unanswered. You know, yeah. and and that's what and it's fascinating. You know, and and people ask such great questions, and it's like, oh, that is a great question. Let me tell you. And then yeah. meanwhile, it's like eleven p.m., and I haven't really started my watch review yet, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> But so I've I've started doing this very coy thing, which I you know I used to be a lawyer, so I believe it's firmly within the letter of the law. I don't know if it's within the spirit of the law, but you're not supposed to tell people that you have devices under embargo, right? Yeah, that well, so it's like the rule, right? But I, right, right. My doorman actually saw the max in my hand in my apartment building. He's like, "That's the max." I was like, Damn, "Shit!" Like, you can't. It's a huge phone. Like, can't get away with it. Um. But I've started tweeting, what questions do you have, like, early in the process, like, the day of the event, just so I know. Because people ask questions I would never think of. And to me, that's where you, like, really find angles in. So, like, one of these days, one of these companies, they're going to be like, dude, you're just giving it away that you have it. But I'm like, no, but it doesn't say – it's just – I'm just I'm just idly wondering what questions you have. So we'll see. We'll see if I get dinged for that. But to me, that – if what I'm doing in a review is answering as many questions as possible, then I'm then I'm succeeding. You you got the I got the um, the gold 10s the gold 10s uh, Max and I got the gold Series Four watch. Did you get the same ones? Um, I got the gold again. Dieter has the watch, right. so but did he, he get the gold one? Um, I believe so. Right. I, I, well, the thing about getting the gold ones is there's no way to hide that. You know what I mean? Like you could put it in a case and then people couldn't tell. But even, you know, if you don't put it in a case, there's no way that you can use it. So the letter of the NDA is that you're not supposed to let anybody know other than like people you work with and people in your immediate family. But it, you know, I I, I don't see how they can. Dieter's a space gray. I got that wrong. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's still, it's like, how am I supposed to wear this watch? And and if somebody really notices that I'm wearing the gold series four watch, I mean, I can't hide it. You can't even put the watch in a case. (laughs) If you know what you're looking for, it's, it's immediately obvious that I'm wearing this gold series four watch. Yeah. And it's not like we don't run in circles where one knows what we do. Right. So, well, there's like a little bit of like, I'm going to trust my friends. Like they're going to see this phone and they're just going to help me keep the secret. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I have an inside baseball question for you, sir. Okay. In your watch review, yes, you say you had it before the event. Was oh, that no, no, that's fish- not true. No, that's not. I, 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 that's a mistake. If I said that, what, what, what does the actual review say? Uh, it I, says you absolutely not true. Let me go find your review now. Oh, here we go. Live, live doxing. Yeah. Talk show. Um, Oh, here we go. You wrote, which brings me to the most striking new hardware in the Series 4, the display. I cheated a bit when I wrote the following bit in my thoughts and observations piece regarding last week's event because I'd been wearing this review unit for several days already. Right. That meant – all I meant by that, I didn't mean that I'd been wearing it before the event. I meant that I, I didn't publish my thoughts and observations on the event thing until Friday. 
It was like, oh, see, okay. I, you're, so that's a good call that I'm, maybe that sentence was a little unclear, but I, I absolutely, um, I have never, ever gotten anything before an event. I, I don't, I don't think anybody has, I don't think even Walt, you know, if anybody would have ever gotten anything before an event, it would have been Walt, but I don't think anybody has. I'll tell you, I did a hundred episodes of a podcast with Walt. I never got him to admit shit. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, you're way closer to him than me, but I've asked him questions like that. And he's he very, very secret. Uh, no, B- Dieter and I both read that line and we're like, no, I, no, I will. I will try to clarify that after this, after we record, but <laughs> that was fine. you should own it, man. Keep, keep, keep the ambiguity in there. It's, it's your brand. <laughs> I have a great, great story about having pre-release hardware. Um, I forget what year it was, uh, but it was, you know, maybe around 2013, 2014. And I got, I had, an, there was, it was an iPad event in California. Yeah. Uh, maybe 2012. I don't know. And I'm flying on Southwest back home to Philly. And, uh, I I don't even know why, but to me, this is all the more amazing because Southwest, you, you, um, you don't get assigned seats on the plane. You, you first were on, you pick an open seat and you just sit wherever you want. And there's a little bit of status involved where you can like pay extra to get on first. So you can be more likely to get a good seat, whatever. And I go on and I got it to me one of the best seats on the plane is in the exit row. There's a, one of the exit row uh, sides only has two seats <laughs> and I get one of those seats and it has extra room in front of you. It's like Southwest's version of first class and I get this seat and then uh, a nice young woman sits next to me and I take out this new iPad <laughs> and immediately she says to me, uh, holy shit, that's the new iPad. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do? And it ends up it's, it's, uh, Ashley Nelson Hornstein and she's a great speaker. I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, but at the time she worked for Apple. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. She worked for Apple and well, it, it turned out great because she worked for Apple. So she knew to keep her mouth shut. And I was like, Oh, I'm John Gruber. And she was like, Holy shit, you're John Gruber. And we had like the most amazing, like three hour long conversation, like nerding out <laughs> on the plane. And in fact, she had never seen the eye. She worked on something else at the time while she was at Apple. So she hadn't seen it. But because she worked at Apple, I was just totally like, here, take it, you know, play around with it. <laughs> and we had like the most amazing conversation for like three hours on this That's flight great. and it was amazing. But I had this moment of panic when she first <laughs> said that I was like, Oh shit, what do I do? That's always my fear, you know, cause we, I'm sure you feel this too. There's the event and then you, you get the phone and then you have to go home. Right. And I, the first thing I want to do is put my SIM card in the phone. Right. Right. Like without quite, I, I want to start using this thing. I want to, understand it but i can't use it on a plane like i feel very nervous about it yeah and i certainly cannot open my laptop and write iphone 10s review and start typing away with somebody sitting next to me so there's this block of you know five and a half hours flying from san francisco to new york where i'm just like playing with the thing and desperately trying to remember everything that happened on like the bad wi-fi yeah and i'm always like you know i should just sleep like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, this is useless time. But I, I can never help it, and I always play with it. 
Yeah. So, yeah, and I, 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 there was one time too, I, I forget when, what year it was, but it was one year too where it obviously wasn't one of the S years. Um, might've been like the iPhone four. I don't know. Well, cause I didn't get it. No, I didn't get a review. I wasn't on the review thing. So pro- probably it was like the iPhone five. Um, and I got on the plane and I had it out and like the flight attendant was like, Oh my God, is that the new iPhone? And I just was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I just like put it back in my pocket and I was like, yeah. And I was thinking like you, I was like, I guess I'll just start playing with this when I get home. Like, yeah. cause I just, I, I just worried that somebody, you know what I mean? And it, I just worried that, you know, if I said, yeah, and I kept it out, somebody's going to snap a picture and, and put it on Instagram or something. And, you know, like, dude, this guy next to me has an iPhone five already. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. I got really lucky this year because the two phones were identical for most part. Yes. Like, so in years past, I land in New York and the video team and the photography team want the phone right away, right? Like those B-roll shots don't come out of nowhere. They take hours and hours and hours. Like if you look, watch our video this year, there's all these like beautiful shots of it floating through space. I'll, I'll Hopefully we took some behind the scenes photos of this. Um, that iPhone is mounted on like a robot arm that's like slowly tracking through a room with a camera following it. That took a long time to set up. And like, that's time I don't get to use the phone. Right. So this year I was like, yeah, you could take this little one, like whatever. We'll like battery test it later. Like have at it. Like there's, there's nothing I'm going to miss if I don't have that phone apart from the screen size. But like, I know the screen size is a little one in years past. It's this, it's literally war where I'm like, guys, I need to review the phone. And they're like, yeah, but we need to do. And we have, we we're constantly negotiating that time. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm always worried, like, it's my phone. Like, I put my SIM card in it. I log into my – I do all the things. And I'm always, like, in the middle of one of these shots, I'm going to get a notification that's, like, the verge is shutting down. You know, like, something horrible will happen. <laughs> right. Um, but this year, it was it – was, I, com- I fully support two identical phones with different screen sizes because it made it much easier this year to, to uh, get photos. To- fundamentally, I, 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 that's absolutely true. And I think it's one of the I think it's one of the best things about this cycle of iPhone, and I hope they keep it going forward. Is that, it, and I, I emphasized it as much as I could in my review that it really is like choosing between a medium and large cup of the same coffee. It is, you know, you do get more battery life. There are more. It's it's, you know, the the screen has the same resolution pixels per inch. So you do get more pixels on the larger phone, you know? And so in terms of quote unquote, they're the same phone, but different sizes, it's not the same screen scaled up. You do get more information, you know, more pixels, which I think is the right way to do it. But I think people fundamentally understand that. And it's a, to me, a much easier decision. It is, do you want a bigger phone or a smaller phone? And that's it. It's because you get literally the exact same camera. And I thought that in the past three, four years, the, the subtle camera advantages of the plus phones were very hard to make a recommendation regarding, you know, that, that they've always had like, um, like optical image stabilization advantages, you know, like there was one year where only the plus had any optical image stabilization. And then the next year, the smaller one had it, but only for stills and not for video, but the plus had it for video. You know, there were always these subtle technical advantages to the plus size phone that made it really hard to make a sort of recommendation other than your preference for size. Whereas this year it is just 
two fo- two phones that are exactly the same in two sizes. And I'm going. I, I got to tell you, I'm going back and forth, um, almost day by day on which which size I prefer. Um, and I've been using the Max, and now I'm like used to it, and I hold the little one. And I'm like pretty small, but I think to me, if the Max had picture in picture video, yeah, oh, man, that it would, would that would it would sell. It would just absolutely sell. Like, yeah, you know, I, I saw the. Um, the Jets Browns game last night like got interesting. Right? <laughs> the Browns won a game. It's amazing. The Browns won a, the, open the frigid. Like the whole. I was like, all right, like I want to check this out. So like, figure it out how to watch watching football on a phone is like impossible. Like the NFL app last night told me that if I was using my cell network, I could watch it. But if I wanted to watch it on Wi-Fi, I had to log into my cable provider, which makes zero fucking sense. But anyway, like figure. Are you it on out. Verizon? Are you on Verizon? I'm an AT&T. Ah, I thought Verizon had like exclusive NFL rights, but maybe no, that they, was... they got, the NFL took those away this year. Ah, okay. So uh, the, look, watching the NFL is like super complicated. Yeah. I, here's my recommendation <laughs> to everyone. Buy like buy some TV package, like whatever one you want. Know in your heart that you spent some money on TV and then watch whatever pirated stream you want because they, they don't, <laughs> they won't sell it to you. So like just morally clear your, your mind and then like go forward. Anyway. So I'm like, I'm like on Twitter hearing like this game's crazy it's like go and open the app i watch the thing and i'm like wait i want to see what people are tweeting about right so yeah like slide and the screen is big enough to support picture in picture and it that's like literally the one thing i want from this phone just do it the way the ipad does it yeah and let me watch two things at once and the then there would be no literally no competition and you know you know that technically the phone could do it without breaking a sweat i mean because the the you know, if the i if the iPad can do it, and the iPad is still the best iPad you can buy today, still has the old A10 processor. Yeah, uh, I guess it's an A10X. I don't know, but it's it's you know two generations behind the A12. The A12, like I use the analogy in my review that it it deals with things like you know things like this, like Neo in in the Matrix dodging bullets. You know, it is <laughs> like it is like no sweat, like no sweat could this phone. You know, this phone could probably do like three or four picture-in-picture HD streams, no problem. Oh yeah, I mean the the um, the Apple TV can do it, right? Yeah. If you open the ESPN app, you can get right. four HD streams going. No, and that that thing is nowhere near as powerful as the phone. Right. So yeah, and that's like, a perfect example. Like watching live sports while you want to check up on Twitter is exactly a, a perfect example of why you might want picture-in-picture. It's also why Twitter keeps trying to be a sports video provider. <laughs> It's not a good strategy for them, but you see why they like they keep wandering towards it because they know it's yep. a compelling use case. But yep. yeah, that's if if it had the picture in picture video, to me it would be absolutely no. Con- you should buy the Max. I've been getting twelve to fourteen hours of battery life on this thing, and I'm not a casual right. phone user, right? So like the advantages are big. You know, there's some size stuff. Like um, I put it in my review. You know, the old Plus phones they had those big bezels, so to reach the top was actually not as much of a reach. And now it's a really big reach for me. So yeah, there's some like handling considerations, but if you could, if this could just be your computer in that way, it would be no contest to me. I, I do you find, and it's the weirdest thing. And I touched on this in my review and then I kind of, um, I, I, it, cause it's so nonsensical that I didn't want to go into detail on it, but it's the weirdest thing to me is that even though it, if you actually look at the technical specs of like an iPhone 8 Plus and the iPhone XS Max, the Max is like ever so slightly smaller. 
it is like a millimeter narrower in, in terms of side to side, but it feels smaller in hand, like, like way more than you would think from one millimeter difference. It actually, to me feels it, it is way closer. Uh, this is what I wrote is that it's a way closer call for me than, than ever before. I've never really used a plus full time, but the, the 10 S max feels somehow feels smaller. I don't know if that's just because it doesn't have the forehead and chin. It's like an optical illusion, but it, it feels better in hand. I, I, I would chalk that up to optical. Like we, you know, we measured it. We put them to me. I think it's the screen is so good that when you're holding it, you just feel like you're, you feel like what, how they want you to feel, which is you're holding a giant screen. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing around it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also the same, basic size is the note it's the same basic size as the pixel 2 they're all big like there's no you know when i flip the the max over i'm like yeah this looks virtually the same as the is the old plus phones i think that having the camera bump be vertical instead of horizontal really helps it in like Hmm. a in that optical illusion way like Hmm. you know it's like thinning it's like a thinning stripe Yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah, it's it's. I mean, I have big hands, and I'm like, yeah, this phone's pretty big. That's what I'm saying. Day by day, I keep going back and forth, but I end up, I end up working on my phone almost all day long. Hmm. Like my job is sometimes I like fear that the only thing I make at the verge is meetings. You know, I'm like, <laughs> so I'm just like, I spent, and I try not to take my laptop. Like, I want to be engaged. I want to pay attention. I want to be like a helpful boss, like that sort of dude. Um, and so I only take my phone. So I use my phone all day long. And to me, it's like, yeah, I want to watch things on this thing. I want to like see more rows of the spreadsheet or whatever. Like that's the argument to me is like, this is the phone you can work on all day. It's not, the argument is less like you're going to get a great video experience, right? Like I, I, I'm still a purist. Like I want to watch videos on a big screen, but the argument to me is as a primary computer, you want a bigger screen. Yeah. I bought the, uh, and it is such an amazing cheat to be able to have the phone, both phones, for a couple of days before the pre-ordering goes live. Uh, and you know, you know, we don't have to return these review units right away. So if I didn't pre-order right at three a.m. Eastern when the thing goes live, it's not like I don't have the new phone already. I already have the review unit. Um, but I ordered for me personally the the regular 10s. I did not get the Max, but it was a close call. Uh, I just, I just like the smaller size better and it's, yeah. it, it's a good fit for my eyes. Um, but it, it is a way it's, it, it, in so many ways, it's such a tougher call than any previous year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talked one of my friends into a max and I talked another one of my friends out of a max. <laughs> um, and the arguments were exactly the same, right? Like I was like, it's really big, but the battery's pretty good, but it's really big. And one friend was like, wow, man got to get the max then. And the other friend was like, ah, it's huge. <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was the same. So I think that's good. And I, I agree with you that the, the difference on the plus camera was never enough to sell the size. Right. Right. It, it was, was tempting though, but, and, and it was always an irritant, like, like, like a piece of sand caught in my eye. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that I knew that I was getting a slightly lesser camera, but it wasn't enough to motivate me to do it. Do you take a lot of video on your phone? I don't, but I'm, I'm trying to now. And and it I I realize that I've been for some 
inexplicable reason stingy about shooting video on like family vacations, etc. You yeah. know, the, just the typical things that you do, not not like work related, not stuff I meant to mean to show, but that it, it, it and it's funny because, um, like, so my son is uh, fourteen; he's in ninth grade. And in the early years of his life, it was sort of the uh, the flip era, you know, yeah. where, where we had like these these little dedicated video cameras that were so small. And I shot more video then because I had a flip than I do now with an iPhone, even though the iPhone is like <laughs> 10 times, uh, 100 times better technically. Yeah. And it, 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 there's a certain aspect of me that's stingy about shooting video. And, and so like last year I had the 200, I, I bought the 256 uh, gigabyte iPhone 10. And I checked before ordering like, hey, which one should I buy, 256 or 512? And my phone was only at like 140, 150 gigabytes. So I had tons of space left. Uh, it's not like, I, it's not like I'm running out of space and can't shoot the video. Um, uh, but so I'm trying to, I'm trying to shoot more video, but I don't shoot a lot. I, there's like a part of me that is like trained to think, Hey, video will suck up all your storage. It's, I don't even, so I'm with you. I don't shoot nearly enough. I, I'm not worried about storage. That's, I, I can't figure it out. And so my kid is five months old. Her name is Max, by the way. I'm literally never going to forgive <laughs> Apple for this. Um, and what I've noticed is my instincts are photography. I take right. photos of her. I edit photos and I take hundreds of photos. Like if I was worried about storage, I would be screwing myself because right. I can't stop taking photos of her. Yeah. And my wife takes videos of her. Yeah. She has an iPhone 10. And my, and I just like, it never really clicked that we think differently. Yeah. And now I realize my wife takes video by default. Hmm. That's actually the first thing she goes to do. So like we we're on vacation and like she turns on her, camera and like takes a long video of wherever we are and like sends it to her mom. Yeah. Right. And like, and I'm like, I watch, I'm like, why would you do that? But you know, it's just like a difference in preference, but it's amazing to me that some, some people's default is I'm going to shoot video. And then I look back, I'm like, you know, the gigabytes of media we've collected of this small human being. And I love the photos I've taken. And I'm like, Oh, I should take way more video. And the only thing that bridges the gap is like they're all live photos. Yeah. So I get a little bit of it, but I'm like I'm I'm like actively trying to train myself to take more video. I am ex it, exactly the in the same boat. Video cameras are better. I am exactly in the same boat, and the difference to me is that when when Jonas, when my son was five months old, I had this flip camera that only <laughs> took video, right? Yeah. And so there was nothing else to do other than to take video, and so I, that's why I had more video. And I, I'm exactly like you. I have. I still take every week. I, I, I take tons and tons of still photos, but my instincts always are to take still photos, not video. And and the other thing I do, and maybe I, it sounds to me like you and I think exactly like, is when I do take video, I'm I, I there the clips are way too short. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's like I'm holding my breath, and it's like as long <laughs> as I can hold my breath, that's how long the clip is. Whereas uh, I think my wife is the same. If my wife takes a video, she just lets it run, which is the yeah. way you supposed you should shoot video. You just yeah. let it run. You know, get lots of B roll. Dude, I work with video professionals. I should know this. Like they're <laughs> always doing it, and yet all my video clips are like ten seconds long. Yeah, right? mine and are like, all mine are all nine, ten, or eleven seconds long. I'm like, no it's, one wants to watch this, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, my mom can't consume enough video of the kid. Yeah. So Becky's sending her like yeah. fifteen minute adventures. Right. I'm like, what are we doing? It's 
And if you have iCloud, it all goes whatever. It's I'm 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 trying to be better, and I'm gonna get there. I, I, we, you and I can go on this journey together. You know what's interesting <laughs> is um, I know a bunch of like YouTubers. Yes. And one of the questions I got, which it's really hard for me to figure out the answer to, is the stabilization, the video stabilization the iPhone does often competes with the gimbals hmm. like the Osmo. Yes, yes. Right? And that to me is like, you know, my my favorite thing about covering technology and like what The Verge does in particular. Uh, and I think you actually wrote this line today about the democratization of image capture. Yeah. Um, that is, to me, that's the heart of The Verge, right? Like, yeah. um, we make tools, people use the tools, the tools create culture, the next generation of tools reflects that culture. Um, it's so interesting to me that we are now at the place where teenagers are asking me about image stabilization inside of, like, the world's most advanced smartphone camera yeah. because it's competing with their incredibly advanced gimbal. And they're, you can see it in some of these videos. It's, like, I'm not enough of an expert to, like, really explain it to people but basically the gimbal tries to stabilize the camera by moving it ever so slightly and that competes with the camera's inbuilt stabilization and yeah. so the video jitters that's like is apple gonna is apple gonna implement that setting right like that's a for apple like a philosophical kind of question like are you gonna yeah. enable people to turn off some of your features that helps most of the world because YouTubers exist. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't, I couldn't answer that question at so all. I actually spoke to someone at Apple uh, and, and the iPhone 10 S is they actually did take that into consideration. And while there's no setting, it is, it should be better that, that the 10 in particular really had some problems. Exactly what you said, when you put it on the gimbal and the gimbal is supposed to do the, you know, the, the, steady cam style stabilization the 10s is supposedly better you know it's specifically for that use case i don't know though that it's ideal and it, they don't have a setting to actually just turn it off and let the gimbal do all the stabilization but yeah it's a perfect example of a a deep philosophical question for apple and but it's also i think a perfect example of just like the world we live in now where you know, when whoever's designing the image sensor and the software stack, you would never imagine them having to solve the problem of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to mount our phone on a gimbal. Yeah. And that will not only just to make video, but because that is their career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I love that, that, that's like the thing. That's what makes like writing about tech sing for me is yep. it's, it's an emergent behavior. It's a new kind of problem. It's all happening in a loop. Like, that's the stuff that makes me the most excited. Yeah. All right. Let me take a break here and thank our my first sponsor. It's uh, Hello Pillow. H-U-L-L-O. Have you ever tried a buckwheat pillow? Probably not if you don't have a Hello Pillow already. But they're totally different than the fluffy, soft pillows that most of us are used to. It's very similar to a beanbag, which if, you, if, if you're only thinking about traditional bed pillows. You're going to think, well, that's weird. I don't want to sleep on a beanbag, but it's really, really great. It supports your head and neck exactly the way you want to. And unlike traditional pillows, which collapse under the weight of your head, uh, hello shapes to the shape of your head. It is a very different experience and it buckwheat fill helps the pillow stay cool and dry all night long. So you never have to do the thing like you wake up at like four in the morning and you flip your pillow over because your pillow's all hot. You never have to do that with a hello pillow. Um, 
it, it's really a totally different experience. And I've, we've had them for years. Uh, my wife can barely sleep without one. Like she's on the fence of like literally taking it with her when we travel. <laughs> like that is how much she loves it. I like it. It is really great. And, and it's so different. The other thing too is with a hello pillow, like if you're like a two pillow sleeper, like with a hollow pillow, you don't need to do that anymore because it, it has the same effect just sort of built in to sort of prop your head up a little bit. It really is amazing. Uh, it is totally different. And they, they just have it's, – it's, it's just really high quality. It's, you can open it up. You can zip it and uh, you can put – take some of it out. If, it, if you feel like it's a little bit too big, you just take it out. It's just like a, a, you just take some of the buckwheat out. You can put more in whatever you want to do. It's very, very easy to adjust uh, if you want a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. Uh, and here's the thing. It's very, very different from what we're used to here in North America. But people have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for centuries. They've been used in Japan extensively and remain extremely popular there to to, to, to this day. And so it's, it's just sort of like bringing something that they've used in Japan and in Asia over here. Uh, it's really just great. Now, just like everything else, you can't try it. It's an internet pillow, right? So you can't like sit there and try it before you buy it. You have to buy it first. But they know that. So you can sleep on it for up to 60 nights. And if it's not for you, you just send it back and it'll give you a full refund, no questions asked. It's so you, you can't lose. So if you're vaguely curious about it, just buy it, try it. You don't like it, send it back. You get your money back. So here's, where you, here's what you do to get one. Go to Hello Pillow, H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash talk show. And if you try more than one pillow, if you get two or more, you'll get a discount of up to 20 bucks per pillow, depending on the size you buy fast, free shipping on every order. And 1% of all of their profits are donated to the nature conservancy. So go to hellopillow.com slash talk show. Remember that code talk show when you check out. And if you get more than one, you'll save up to up to 20 bucks per pillow. My thanks to Hello for sponsoring the show. Hello. Hello. What a great name. I love that. I love that. It's good. Um, all right. Let's talk about this, uh, this camera. Because oh, we're not going to make people wait an hour? No, let's not make them wait an hour. All We've right. only made them wait 40 minutes. <laughs> I, and, and I'll tell you what. I have a Pixel, but I have the Pixel 1. I, I, I'm on like an every other year and I want to get the pixel three. I'm looking forward to it, but I skipped the pixel two, but I feel like I'm on the wrong schedule because I feel like in hindsight, the pixel two is clearly way more interesting than the pixel one was it, it, it especially in terms of the camera. Yes, absolutely agreed. Um, you know, pixel one did a lot of the same tricks. It was just a less inspired device. And I feel like Google, Google really understood what they wanted to do with the Pixel 2, and they did it. No one bought it. Like, you know, my review is, like, the Pixel 2 is better. It's, like, the hard caveat is the real competition is the Galaxy S9, right? Like, that is Apple's truest competitor, and some people buy the Pixel. I think for the Verge audience, they know the Pixel exists. A lot of them have it. So it's the one we address. But... It's funny to me, Google has done all of this work to make such a compelling device 
and they just can't seem to turn the corner with it. Yeah, that's to me is is and you're right that the Verge audience in particular probably has the highest concentration of pixel awareness. Oh, that, I got the stats. We we have the highest concentration of pixel ownership, I think, probably. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. Uh, and it is a great phone. And I, I've described it as an iPhone-style phone for people who want to use Android and are primarily interested in Google's services. You know, the integration of things like Google Photos and, you know, just everything that Google does if you're in the Google ecosystem for gmail and and google photos and everything else that they do you know calendar and and everything else um and i don't even mean that to imply that it's a copy of the iphone i just feel like it's it's just very obviously an iphone style phone in a way that um it you know that that most android phones aren't to me most android phones are samsung style phones Mm mm-hmm you know, and and with in terms of just the way, just the way that they deal with the displays. You know that these displays on you know if you spend a lot of money on any of these phones, you're getting a great display. But the Android ones sort of, I don't know, Vegas it up. You know, it's it's <laughs> right. Yeah, there's like a if you I don't know if you ever use a Samsung phone for any period of time. There's if you're like a a, a huge nerd, there is something extremely delightful about. The fact that it just supports everything. If you're like, oh, I've encountered an LCD monitor in the wild. Like, I'll just plug my phone into it and it becomes like a computer. <laughs> right? Or like, you know, I have this like LG OLED TV and it has some insane screen mirroring standard. And the S9 just like supports it. Like, there's something great about that, right? Like, it just does everything. Does it do everything well? Does that stuff work consistently no, but is it enormously fun to tinker with? Like, yes. Like, if you're if you're that kind of person, it just rewards you for being like, well, what the hell else can this thing do? And the answer is like, honestly, whatever you want, right? Like, so I appreciate that. I think you know, Samsung, they're trying to have a identity as a software maker. That identity is hopelessly confused. Where I would go with you is the Pixel is spiritually like. The, the iPhone. Yes. And I think people listening to this podcast would like understand that. Like it it's what Google wants. It's Google's vision of the phone. It's integrated. There's no rough edges or or loose ends. Like it's an integrated device they built to their specifications to run their software. But it, just in terms of the display and and the camera, you know, which are it, it, some ways different but you know you often look at your photos and videos that you shoot with the camera on the display of the device itself but just the amount of processing and amount of sort of punching up and the amount of you know like you and i were talking uh behind the scenes before we published our reviews about the amount of smoothing that's done yeah um the, the the pixel again spiritually is along the lines of the iphone where it's trying to be uh t- natural whereas yeah. the samsung style which a lot of Am- uh, other android phones sort of follow is sort of to you know just punchier just punchier than reality you know and- yeah you know i so here's my I, I said this to you this is a conspiracy theory that i have and i've thought about it a lot and so it's a little bit more refined than the version i told you sort of behind the scenes but right. i think 
people prefer Samsung photos in a lot of a lot of cases um, because they're they're looking at them on small screens. Yeah. They're not they're not looking at them with a high degree of scrutiny. They're just looking at them on their smartphone screen, and it, particularly really on a Samsung smartphone screen, you are rewarded by punchy colors, and you know, like they make those look great. And if you take a photo of yourself or your friend, and the camera just happens to smooth out any imperfection in your skin on your face, like, are you unhappy? No, like you know what I mean. Like, right. so there's like, I think there's a huge break between being accurate. And what people prefer. And I think Samsung has sold out completely on let's make what people prefer. We And Samsung is a TV maker, right? Like right. they put the TVs in Best Buy and they crank the brightness all the way up and they sell a shitload of TVs. So like what do their phones look like? Their phones are cranked up, super punchy, super saturated. Um, they're phantasmagoric in colors. Uh, and what do their photos look like? The, the colors are really bright. The skin tones are all smoothed out. So I think you can sell out and make things people prefer. And I, they're photos. Like in the end, that's valid, right? Like, great. Make the thing people like. It's, it's all subjective in the end, but I think Apple and Google are there. They want to be honest brokers of photography. They want to say, this is true. And if you want to go into Photoshop or Lightroom or whatever, and edit this photo, you can get to where Samsung is, but we're going to start you at reality. Right. And I, I just think that pull of Instagram and Facebook and social sharing, people are never going to edit their photos. So there's this pull to say, well, we'll just pre-edit them for you. And when people see the photo on Instagram, they'll say, what camera is that? And you'll say an S9. It'll be beautiful. And they'll think, oh, she get an S9 too. And like, I think that cycle is playing out a little bit. I don't know that it, anyone will ever do as much as Samsung does, but I, I just kind of feel it. So that's like my conspiracy theory is like Apple's feeling that pull. Google's feeling that pull a little bit to make the photos better for sharing because they know people aren't going to edit and they're only going to see them on small screens. Yeah, I, I, I see that. And again, I, I err on the Apple slash Google side of things. Like I want my, mm-hmm. I want my photos to be more natural. And if I want to punch them up, I'll punch them up. But I'm not even... I, well, I am passing judgment, but I'm not saying it is. <laughs> I'm not saying it is like bad on one side, good on the other. It is two versions of good, and and I, I and I think you're right that there definitely are some people, and I think the big difference is um, is taking into account the the knowledge that people look at most of their photos only on the phone itself. They'll keep it. They'll be like, I love this photo. This is great. I'm going to heart it. I'm going to send it. I'm going to post it to Instagram or share it on Facebook or whatever. But it's it, it's all on the phone. No, and, and even the people they share it with are most likely to only look at it on the phone. And that's different when you've got all of these megapixels and it could be so big and still look good, but you're only looking at it you know, and and even on a six point five inch diagonal, you know, iPhone XS Max, it that's still very very small for a photograph. Yeah, and I think that that that's the reality, right? And yeah. I think I'm with you. Like again, my instinct is to take photos and to be very yeah. critical of photos. Um, one of the best things that I invested in the last year uh, after the kid was born, I signed up for Lightroom CC, which to me has. It's taking the place of what the old iPhoto used to do for me in a digital camera, hmm. right? So like now I have a bunch of cameras, like real cameras. I take a million photos that go into Lightroom, um, and it 
it feels I have that feeling of when I first got iPhoto and I had a digital camera where I was like, yeah, I want to like monkey with photos all day long. Photos on the Mac, the Apple photos on the Mac does not make me feel that way yeah. at all. Right. It's like this is kind of messy and slow and weird. Lightroom is great. It sinks everywhere. So I, I'm that guy. Right. Like I want to go play with my photos and edit my photos and think about my photos and look at them on my 27 inch Mac and like print a book out of them and do all that stuff. But I don't, I don't think most people are that person. And so no. like, I, I try to keep that in mind as, as you like examine the phone. I will say this. I, and I, I, I actually mean to write about this on daring fireball, not just talk about it on the, on the podcast because it's so good. And, and I'm with you on that. Like for editing photos and manipulating them, photos, it doesn't really do it for me, but, and I used to be a Lightroom guy and I still have it, but I haven't used it in a while. Like I love Lightroom. I think, I think Lightroom is, is arguably the best thing Adobe has ever done. I think it's a fantastic app. I love it. Um, but I've kind of got sucked into photos in just, just for the simplicity of the syncing. And I, w- yeah. I, I want to say this, that uh, for all of the knocks that Apple has gotten over the years for being quote unquote bad at services, I've, I've photos, iCloud photo syncing has gotten phenomenally good. Like, and, and I noticed it this week in particular because I'm shooting photos with the two new phones, at least at first, just to dump, you know, see, verif- you know, to do the verification of, are these cameras really exactly the same? Um, and I quickly determined, yes, everything Apple says about these two cameras, these two phones having the same camera is definitely true. Um, but even so I shot tons and tons of side-by-side photos with the iPhone XS and my old iPhone 10 to see what the year over year difference is. And then I'd want to look at them on one of my Macs to see them big. And the syncing it has gotten so good, it is absolutely ridiculous, including, and I really want to thank Apple for this, is and and that they've really improved the um the sort of status message when you go to the photos tab, like on your phone and it tells you like, okay, you've got 20 photos that uh, are waiting to upload, but uh, it's paused to save battery life. Would you like to unpause and you can hit the button, but like in terms of telling you exactly where you are, you know, like this device is 20 photos behind, has 20 new photos that haven't been uploaded yet. It It is exactly right. Whereas when when the iCloud photo um, thing first shipped, it, it it was indeterminate. And and you'd look at one, like if you had two phones side by side, one would say I had like, you know, uh, 18,537 photos and videos. And the other one would say you have 18,541 and it's like, well, why are they not the same? Why? What are the four photos? There's four. And, and it's like you'd look and they're not the most recent ones. And it's like, oh, my God, what the hell is missing? How can I make one catch up to the other? Uh, not only is it way more in sync in terms of having the exact same number of photos and videos and telling you exactly how number when they're not in sync, it tells you. And I just want to whoever at Apple has been working on that. I want to say thank you because it it. It made this week way, way easier for me. You know, it's funny because that's such a concession to the reality of like wireless networks. Like, you know, when they designed it, they're like, no one should ever know. Like, yes. It'll just be perfect. Right. And then the reality is like, it's never going to be perfect. You should tell people. And then like, 
you know, on a whiteboard somewhere, they're like, okay, when the 5G iPhone comes out and the networking is perfect, we're going to take this indicator away because then it'll be perfect. <laughs> um, so we should talk about the actual camera because I, you and I have like slightly different takes on it. Um, well, uh, hold on a second. Let me let me yeah. let me drop in another sponsor read because it's a okay. great it's a great point. We're going to talk about camera right after this, but let me tell you about this great company, Trace Pontas. Trace Pontas is uh, they sell freshly roasted gourmet coffee, and it's shipped directly to you. And one of the great things about this coffee is it's it's single origin. That's you know you've heard of that before, but it's really just one level higher. It is actually from a single family farm. This, the, this family has been selling and growing coffee for like generations. But until recently, they have only been selling it within Brazil where they make it. And they've only recently started selling it around the world. Uh, it's from the Race family farm in, in the town of Tres Pontas in Brazil. That's why they call it Tres Pontas Coffee. And here's the deal. You don't have to choose between like a gazillion different kinds of coffee. They just sell one bean. It is the same bean. They grow it all over the farm. And all you have to choose is your roast profile. Light roast, medium roast, dark roast, and French roast. Now, me, I'm, I'm not a dark or French roast. I mean, French roast is effectively like extra dark. That, that's, I've never preferred that. Uh, I like the medium. And, and I'm always on the fence because I, I, I've got this subscription. I get the light, too, sometimes. I like the light. I like the medium. I'm on the fence between those two. Um, but you can try all of them. You can get just buy all four and see which one you like best. Or if you know that you don't like extra dark, don't even bother with the French. Or if you know you like dark roast, you know, get the dark in the French. It is really great coffee. Uh, and it is so fresh. That is the thing. Is and, and I emphasize this every time I do the sponsor read for Trace Pontas that coffee is like a perishable item. It's not quite as sensitive as like a you know, like a piece of fruit or something like that, but it's close. It is like that. Like roasted coffee goes bad quickly where a bad quote unquote bad isn't like awful. It's not ruined. If you've got like, you know, six week old coffee, it's not like, you know, it's undrinkable, but it really makes a difference when it's fresh. And here's the deal. Trace Pontas, when you order it, they ship it themselves. They don't put their coffee in like a warehouse and then you order it and then the stuff that's been sitting on the shelves forever gets shipped to you. They are shipping you coffee that has just been roasted and then they ship it right to you. Uh, it's really good stuff. I keep getting feedback from readers uh, on Twitter and stuff like that. They're like, hey, I signed up. I got this Tres Pontas. Really, really good coffee. It's really, really good. Um, so here's the deal. You can go to tracepontas.com. T-R-E-S-P-O-N-T-A-S.com slash coffee. And you can uh, find out more about their coffee and you can order it from them right there. Uh, or you can just go to Amazon and search for Trace Pontas and you can buy it from Amazon. They encourage you to do it. They love it when you buy from Amazon. But when you buy from Amazon, it's just the storefront. It still ships from Trace Pontas. It's not coming from like an Amazon warehouse where the coffee's sitting on the shelves for weeks and weeks. So do that to try it. See if you like it. And if you do, then you can sign up for a coffee subscription and you can get fresh, re fresh beans sent to you on a regular schedule up to you. Do you want it every week? You want it every two weeks? You want it every four weeks? It's your choice. But then you don't even have to worry. You never have to do anything. And it's just, you know, ding dong, you know, there's, there's your coffee and you never have to shop for coffee again. You just always have fresh coffee in the house or in your office or wherever you want to buy it. 
Uh, and when you do sign up for a subscription, you save 10% off what you pay when you buy it. Uh, you know, just buy a bag. And listeners of this show can get an extra 10% off by using the code THE Talk Show. All one word, the talk show at checkout when you buy a coffee subscription. And that means you'll save 20% off every bag in perpetuity using this code. So enter that code at checkout, the talk show at tracepontas.com slash coffee, and uh, you'll save a lot of money. And it's good coffee. So my thanks to them. All right, let's talk about this camera. We promised we were going to talk about the camera at the last break. I just want to point that out. <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to start? Mm-hmm. All right. I do. Here's here's my read. Um, so like we were saying, Apple and Google are kind of doing similar things. Apple's riff is a little bit different. Um, so Google pulls together four underexposed images, merges them into an HDR photo, um, they, you, I think you had in your iPhone review that they do it in the cloud. That's not, that's, they actually do, they do it on the phone at capture. Well, so here's where I screwed up in my review and I since edited it, you probably read it right away. I was talking about Google as the maker of Android and Android wide, the Android ecosystems way of doing camera processing, not the pixel in particular. And that's a complete injustice to the pixel. So I since edited the article to specifically mention that the pixel is an exception and that the pixel does stuff on yeah. camera. So like Google photos. Yeah. It, it, it's input is JPEG images from right. every phone in the world. And Google photos is Google photo stuff. The pixel has um, its own custom coprocessor that Google built, whatever, uh, pixel visual core. It's like a whole thing, but philosophically right. very similar. Apple's doing, they yes. take a bunch of photos and merge them together at capture in the camera. Apple takes one overexposed image. And I think this is the heart of where I see the differences in the cameras that overexposed image gives them, gives Apple a ton of shadow detail. Right. Yeah. And so they, they merge that shadow detail back in to my eye. And I just want to stress a, I told everybody this phone is great and you'll be happy if you buy it. B, I said it, it's better iPhone camera than any other iPhone camera. So me being like it's not quite as good as a Pixel is, one, totally subjective, and B, does not mean that I think it's a bad phone. People right. tend to overread my reviews in that way. Every, right. Everybody overreads everybody's reviews. <laughs> right. So just like this is a very narrow criticism. Um, I think app, the way Apple adds shadow detail back to the photo, to my eye – flattens the photo in in a weird way where it just reduces the overall contrast of the photo it makes the dark areas and the light areas have the same tone it, it just kind of muddies the the photo it re mm. it reduces what you might call like the drama of the photo and then in this i don't know for sure but we we looked it up. The, you noted in your review the image sensor is 32% bigger in the in the 10s the only image sensor on the market that matches Apple specs is a Samsung sensor. So I think they switched from Sony to Samsung and that, that brought along some of the color differences that Samsung picks up. I didn't want to speculate on that, but I did some research while writing my review. And so I didn't put it in. And, and as we record, I don't know, I, we're recording it in mid afternoon, Eastern time on Friday, 
iFixit probably has their teardown up already because I know they always they fl- they literally fly to Australia to get the phone <laughs> early. So I don't know, but I, I it, so you know. Yeah, so the iFixit teardown is up, and the sensor isn't labeled, so we may never. Uh, know. Well, we may but, never know. I anyways, suspect so- you're right, though, that it is. I, I did some research, and I do suspect it's that Samsung sensor that you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, so they changed the sensor. So I think that that that's some of the color difference. But then Apple does um, pretty aggressive noise reduction. And so what you end up with is a photo that in the fine details is smoothed out in a way that, again, we've had this whole conversation. Like my instinct is to be a photographer and then to edit. And so I would like the camera to have as much detail as possible. And then I will monkey with the color and the contrast and that stuff. But if you give me detail, I I can't. What I can't do is add detail to a photo. So those are my two criticisms of the phone. Like that's where I think compared to the Pixel as a photographer, as somebody who thinks that way first, um, the Pixel preserves that detail and it doesn't flatten that image in that way. And I I completely understand why other people would prefer the iPhone photo. But to me, it's that loss of detail is the thing that, that always takes it down a notch. Yeah, to to and and to me, and it's exactly why I wanted to to have you on the show this week is that you're fundamentally your sort of benchmark for the 10s camera is the Pixel Two, and mm-hmm. which is fair and interesting because the Pixel Two is like 11 months old, and there's a Pixel Three coming out in a couple of weeks at the very least, um, at you know soon. Yeah. So there's an event they've already, you know, it's like, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's already leaked as all Google things do. uh, It, it, you know, and my comparison is sort of within the, you're going to get an iPhone anyway, ecosystem. What is the year over year difference between the 10 and the 10 S, you know, and, uh, and that's, you know, I I think they're both interesting comparisons. Um, To me, and from my testing from the 10 to 10 S, the difference is staggering. I'm honestly, I I really, I I hope it came across in my review. I'm I'm literally flabbergasted that this is a one year difference in the camera. And I really do think that is the single in the entire, what now 11 year history of the iPhone. I think it's the single greatest year over year increase in camera quality. I think the five to the six was huge. I don't, I don't remember it exactly, but I remember the six was like, oh, this is a real camera now. Well, uh, and it, it's you know, and, and it's debatable, I guess. And and I know that going to dual lenses was a big deal because all of a sudden you can get a two, you know, quote unquote two X zoom, and you're not doing any optical, you know, or digital, yeah. you know, zoom at all. It's literally optical. Um, I, I I I I'm biased. I've always been biased towards low light photography. You know mm-hmm. that, uh, and and in terms of low light photography, it, I'm I, I'll I'll go to the mat and say this is the greatest year over year upgrade that we'll ever see because thirty two percent increase in sensor size is just flabbergasting. It is absolutely, you know, of of anything you know like you know like they say like uh, the CPU is fifteen percent faster and the GPU is fifty percent faster and fifty percent faster is great for year over year, but like. GPUs and CPUs getting faster is just like a thing that happens in the computer industry. Whereas increasing the size of the sensor on a camera by 32% is, is, is not like a Moore's law thing. It's actual physical thing where this thing in a device that is extremely sensitive to, you know, it, it, 
think about how how small these cameras are compared to quote unquote real cameras. A thirty two percent increase in sensor size is just flabbergasting, and yeah. and it really shows in the low light uh, output. Yeah, uh, you know we were so again. You know I have this like army of people helping me make the review, and so the number of people who saw these side by side photos, our video team, uh, James, our creative director, who I mean James is a pro photographer. He was the 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 photographer on like the pro windsurfing tour in Hawaii for like a decade, right? Like, dude has been a pro photographer for thirty plus years. Um, so like we're all like, our, I mean, this is like the most fun part of the week, right? We got the new iPhone. We're gonna take a thousand photos, and then we're all gonna argue about them. Right. That's like what I live for, right? And every single person was like, the 10s makes the 10 look horrible. Yeah, and the 10 isn't bad. Right. It's just next to the 10s it looks bad so i i spent i took all of these side-by-side photos i mean hundreds of photos over the last week and i uh published a thing on Flickr just before we started you know i published like two dozen or so of the the best examples some of them you know not really showing a big difference between the two cameras because they were well lit in well lit Mm -hmm. situations they're not that different but i spent the week in photos for mac looking at these side-by-side photos and I didn't really have like a scientific method of like always shoot with the old iPhone 10 first, then shoot with the 10 S it would be like whichever one was already out and in my hand, I'd shoot first and then put it in my pocket, take the other one out and try to frame the same photo. Um, and I had the little info window up, which will tell you which one is which. I I, I very quickly no longer need it, especially in low light. In yeah. the low light ones, I didn't even need to look which one was 10 and which was 10S. I, I instantly yeah. was like, oh, this is 10. And then I'd look at the info window and be like, yep, that's the 10. This is the 10S. Yep, that's the 10S. It, oh, yeah. it, I didn't need to double check. It was that clear. And the side 10, if you the, – the amount of smoothing the 10 does through noise reduction is – wild like no, if you, you mean the 10s really get in there and look no the 10 oh compared to the 10 the oh. 10s is less oh i the see 10, yeah the 10 yeah. is like actually more aggressive with the noise reduction right desperately um, trying to compensate for the noise that's coming off the sensor right yep exactly uh so it, it, again I, you know i think it's a it's a great camera like it's the best iphone camera that they've ever made to me it's it really just comes back to kind of this core question of what do you want the photo to look like? Yeah. Right. Like, do you want a great starting point and you're going to edit or do you want something that is ready to share right away? Or do you want something that's going to hold up on a big screen? Right. Yeah. Or as a print, I think most people are like living on Instagram, right? Yeah. Like, and that to me lets them get away with some stuff. But I, there's just a part of me, you know, see, you said it's an 11, 11 month old camera, the pixel two. There's a part of me that says, you guys know that's the benchmark, right? The the whole sort of tech press has been saying the Pixel 2 is the best camera for a year. Uh, it's not just The Verge. Like, uh, Marquez Brownlee, who's a great reviewer, yep. has been saying it. He actually said it in his review of the 10s 2 It's the number two camera behind the Pixel 2. Said the same thing. Uh, Joanna has been saying it at the journal. So you know that's the benchmark. And, you know, Apple will never tell you this. You can ask them any which way from Sunday. You can say, which metrics did you want to beat the Pixel 2 on? And they're like, no, we just want to make the great camera. But I'm very, I, I would love to know, like, where do they think they're better than the Pixel? Where do they think they're worse? And where, where does smart HDR as a new technology with a new sensor go next? 
because I think that this is a new starting place for them. Yeah, totally. Instead of a refinement of what they've been doing for years with the seven, eight, nine or seven, eight, ten. Well, and it's such an interesting <laughs> contrast because it, 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 it is sort of a luxury for Google that they don't have to make the pixel in the quantities that a- Apple has to make the iPhone. And I'm not trying to excuse it, you know, uh, but it's different. You know, Apple is going to going to sell, you know, 40 million of these things in the first quarter. Uh, and Google is not going to sell 40 million Pixel 3s. <laughs> no, period. Uh, no, yeah. They sell like 12 of them. All right. And it's, you know, but that means, though, that I, and I really... I guess I am trying to excuse it, that Apple has to source a camera system, an entire hardware camera system that they can make, uh, I guess, I mean, what, probably over 100 million in the next 12 months, uh, literally over 100 million of them in the next 12 that's months. That's not even counting the 10R, right? They've gotten the same sensor right. in the 10R. Right. So, you, or, well, let's count the 10R, right? So it's probably like 150 million. I don't know. But, you know, easily way over 100 million of these camera systems for the wide angle lens. And it's the wide angle lens that's the most interesting to me because the tele, quote unquote telephoto lens is pretty much the same as last year's. It's slightly better. Um, but it's technically roughly the same. It's the wide angle lens that gets this new bigger sensor uh, and has a, a different lens element. Um, and it's exactly supposedly going to be exactly the same in the 10R. Uh, so they have to source these. And, and I feel like it's a luxury for Google with the pixels where they can source, you know, they can make cameras that they don't have to make 100 million of, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Pixel 2 uses a pretty standard Sony sensor. Like, it's a good sensor. Right. But it's, I don't think it was meaningfully different than the Sony sensors Apple was using. And Sony, you know, I, I said to Vlad, one of our uh, editors who folk who is in love with cameras, um, hey, does this mean like Sony imaging is like, you know, if they have switched to Samsung, does this mean Sony imaging is like going to fall apart? Because that happens. Like, you know, Apple switched to Intel modems and Qualcomm falls apart. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and he's like, no, dude, like, Every phone in China uses a Sony sensor. Right. So like even at Apple scale, they're just like a little blip for this company. Right. So I, I I don't know if I agree on the like it's easier for Google. Like there's a lot of things that are easier for Google um, because they don't make as many phones. But I think here this is what they're doing is a software thing. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Right? It's, I, I don't I, think it's a hardware thing. I, I could be wrong, you know. Um, but I do think it's interesting that uh, exactly like you said, so many – People who I respect, uh, you know, you, off the top of my head, you, you, you know, The Verge, Joanna, uh, Marquez Brownlee um, are all saying the same thing and and saying that the, you know, year old Pixel 2 is still ahead. Um, that's it, interesting to me. And it makes me, like I said, at the outset of the show, I wish I had a Pixel 2 instead of a Pixel 1. And uh, I, well, you know, the Pixel Three is coming out, man. Well, just—I'm sure Google will happily give you one. right, right. I—I <laughs> I want to get on that train. Um, they're they're going to try to convince you more than anybody. Well, well, let me ask you this: so, um, what are the Pixel Two's capabilities with video? So, still aside, let's just concede for the moment that you think you know, or let's just say you think still image-wise, the Pixel Two does a better job than the iPhone XS. What about video? I think that's the iPhone is a, is ahead there, right? Uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, one, it, it can, I'm pretty sure the Pixel can't do 4K 60. Let me double check that. Yeah, I don't think it can either. And I know that the I've, the iPhone XS is doing amazing things with 
photo with video that is shot at either 30, 30 or 24 frames per second where it's shooting. And I, it's like, I have notes on this, but my notes were so sort of sketchy and you and I were actually in the same briefing together when we were talking to the camera team. Um, but Apple is, is doing this crazy thing where if you're shooting at 30 frames per second or, or 24, but you know, 30 is the, 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 the default, they're actually shooting an entire extra frame of video in between frames of video to do, uh, dynamic range compensation yeah. and, and reduce noise. So it, <laughs> It's you're shooting 30 frames per second video. And in the mean, in, in the meantime, in between frames, the iPhone is taking an extra frame just to make the frames that it's keeping better. It yeah. Is, so I think that stabilization is incredible. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up. The pixel can only do 4k at 30. So I always want to shoot either at 24 or 60. So the iPhone just like immediately wins. Like yeah. it's shooting in the formats I wanted to shoot in. And then the thing you're talking about, between the optical stabilizer and some of the, the inter-frame stabilization they're doing, it just looks better. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, our audio engineer was super impressed with the fact that the 10S records stereo audio. Yes. Uh, and you can sort of hear it on the, you know, the wide stereo speakers, but it actually is stereo audio, um, which virtually no other phone can do, it, especially a phone at, at Apple scale. Yeah, it's it's absolutely staggering what they're doing with video, and um, it, it's funny. Like you and I, you know, they 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 had us grouped in groups of three, and and we were cycled around and talked to a bunch of people behind the scenes after the event in these briefings, and and you and I were in this group, and we got to talk to two people from the camera team. One one guy who was sort of on the hardware side, and one on the software side, and and you know we got all this great information, and it was really interesting. And uh, you particularly asked some great questions, and I've you know I was like, oh, that's interesting, and we got these great answers. And then we're like on the way out the door because they're like, you got to go on, you know, it was, <laughs> you got to go on. And the guy just says to us, oh, by the way, low light video is amazing, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like be sure to test that. And it was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and then I shot some. I've got two examples on my this Flickr page I just linked to um, that are just staggering, like just literally not just like, oh, this is okay and this is better, but like literally the iPhone 10 footage is like borderline unusable and the iPhone 10s footage on video in low light is actually pretty good. Like one is a, a fountain in a park here in Philadelphia and one was um, – I shot in this uh, great restaurant that my family loves uh, here in Philly called uh, Double Knot. Um, but it's super dark. I mean, it is like crazy dark. It is like I feel like I'm blind. <laughs> like I feel like I can't even get to my table. It's so dark. And I shot this footage of my son. And it's like the, the footage from my iPhone X is exactly what I expected to get from a cell phone camera shooting video in this really dark room. It is like unusable. And then I shot footage with the XS and it is like, this is actually pretty good. This is brighter than real life. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my Matt Buchanan, who is now the um, executive editor eater. And he sits just, you know, a hundred yards away from me in the office. I didn't know he, he was there. I love Matt Buchanan. Yeah, I didn't know great. he was it, an eater. He was my, like when I was at Engadget and I was like baby blogger, he was like my rival hmm. at Gizmodo. Yeah. Like, yeah. I used to want to be smarter than Matt all the time. And he wrote this headline uh, that, I think about every day because it was such a – he was just smarter than me faster. That that probably bothers you as much as it bothers me. But uh, 
ISO is the new megapixel, right? Yes. And what he meant was low yes. performance. And this is yes. years ago. This is like yeah. 2009 or something he wrote yep. this. And I, I think about it all the time. Like that's what you want. You want great low light performance. And then you can almost excuse anything else. Like, yep. Because that's where you are. You're always, you know, you don't have a lighting rig with you or whatever. Yep. And you're often in like a weird situation. And if you can get the light out of the scene, you're, you're way ahead. Yeah. I remember, you know, and, and it's one of those things that I don't know what the turning point was, but I remember, let's just say like eight years ago, I don't know. Like I was totally on the side of, you know, every couple of weeks I'm posting something of, along the lines of, you know, let's stop measuring our cameras by megapixel. This is absolutely, you know, yes, more megapixels in general are better, but given all of the other factors, like the fact that sensors can't get bigger and that we're making cameras smaller and smaller, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, megapixels is the worst way to measure cameras that you can, you know, you're, you're way better off at the same sensor size with bigger pixels and fewer of them than more pixels that are smaller. Yeah. And I remember, you know, harping about it. And then I realized with this phone writing this review where, where the megapixel count is exactly the same as the iPhone 10 and it's 32% bigger that it, I haven't made this argument in a while. It's like people have sort of, they have like it, it, like we, like you, people like me and you have finally like gotten it through to everybody <laughs> to stop measuring cameras yeah. by megapixel. 12 megapixels is plenty. It is yeah. it, way more than enough for almost everything. And sure, 20 years from now, I'm sure we'll look back and laugh at 12 megapixel cameras. We'll be like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. But for the meantime, given all of the other constraints and all of the other advantages, it's so much better to have uh, bigger pixels. And then like you said, like with Matt Buchanan's thing, to, to be able to go to higher ISO and have not have, you know, crazy amounts of noise in the image. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I, you see it all over the industry too. Like DJI just put out new Mavics. And one has a smaller sensor and a big, like a, a bigger zoom lens. You know, one has a bigger sensor. Like the market is now sophisticated enough that it's applying sort of the right sensor to the right moment. Right. And that it used to just be an arms race. And right. That, and, so, and and you know, let, let's face it. I mean, I mean, this is a statement of the obvious, but it it I think it deserves to be called out. Like ninety nine percent of the photos, maybe even more, maybe even more than ninety nine percent. I'm almost sure it's got to be more than 99% of the photos that people take with their cell phone camera are handheld with yeah. no physical stabilization, not even like just resting it, not even put aside tripods, but not even like putting it on a table or something to, to stabilize it. Everything is handheld. And so anything you can do to get a slower or faster shutter speeds with a proper exposure is, is a win. Yeah. You know, I actually had never really thought about it that way. Like where the real race is how much light can you capture at a fast shutter speed to compensate for, for handheld shake? Right. How would you put that in a spec? How can we make that an arms race? Yeah, I don't like, know. If we just get, if we make that a number and say this, it's better when this number is higher, like Samsung will figure it out. Right. Like that's how they think. Like we just need to beat that number. Well, and the other factor that that figures into that too is that you don't see the difference between a, a, a faster exposure, a shorter, you know, 
you know, being able to shoot at like, let's say in really low light and get a one thirtieth of a second instead of like one fifteenth of a second exposure, you don't even see it on the screen on the phone because like maybe if you're, you're, you're trying to hold your hand still and you take it, but the amount of blur that you get from your hand moving in that one fifteenth of a second doesn't even show up on the screen. It only shows up when you do put it on like a bigger screen, like your Mac or something like that. So you don't even know that you should retake the photo because it's a little blurry because it doesn't show up on the, the tiny little quote unquote, tiny little 6.5 inch screen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the heart of it, right? right. Like, to me, the heart of it is, what do I take pictures of the most? It's my kid. Yep. And I want those photos to last. I want to look at those photos 20 years from now and show them to her and be like, look, look at how insane your hair was, right? Like, <laughs> uh, and that means I need definition in her hair. Yeah. Like, that's pretty basic. And like, to me, the the argument for the pixel is I feel more confident in any situation that it will get that detail out of the photo. Yeah. Right. And like, is that a great argument? Like, is that the argument that's going to win everyone's decision-making process? No. Do I carry an iPhone as my primary phone? Sure as hell do. Like, do I, would I prefer to have a more privacy focused phone that doesn't, you know, like, do I prefer Apple's app model and sandbox? Like, yeah, all those things. Like, that's why I have an iPhone, hmm. but man, do I wish it had that pixel camera? Like, do I wish I could push a button and get it to act more like the pixel? I absolutely do. Hmm. All right. Let me take one last break here and thank our third and final sponsor. It is this scrappy young company. I never heard of him. Squarespace. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Squarespace is a, I, I, you've probably, you know, whoever's listening to this, you've probably never heard of them, but they're, they have an amazing service. It is absolutely flabbergasting. You go there. Let's say you need a website. You go to Squarespace and you can do everything there. You can get your domain name. You can pick a template. They have tons of templates. It is amazing how many templates you can start from to get an amazing looking website. You can customize it. Every pixel of the entire website, you can, you can customize to the utmost degree. Uh, they host the website. They are the CMS. So like if you want to have like a blog or you want to host a podcast or something like that, you do it all through Squarespace. They have a great user interface for this stuff. Uh, absolutely great. They do their own analytics. So you want to see who's coming to your website, how many people are looking at your website. All of the analytics are there, and it's so well designed. It is the best analytics interface I've ever seen. All of it at one place. Everything from design to hosting, to serving the site, to the analytics, to even doing the e-commerce. If you want to have a store, if you need like to sell stuff and doing all of the secure stuff to do the uh, online credit card processing, et cetera, do it right and do it secure. They host, it, they do it all. It is absolutely fabulous. And they have, they have truly award-winning technical support 24 hours a day. You can get them on the phone right away and, uh, and if you do have questions, they'll tell you what to do. It is absolutely amazing. So the next time you or anybody you know who comes to you because you're a nerd and they come to you like, hey, I need a website. What should I do? Send them to Squarespace. And if you go to squarespace.com slash talk show, squarespace.com slash talk show, uh, when you decide to pay, use that code talk show and you will save 10% off your first purchase. And that includes, you can pay for a year in advance. So you can save 10% on an entire year by using that code talk show at squarespace.com slash talk show.
I, I do think that, I, I, you know, so going back to the cam- I, I, I the camera to me defines the iPhone XS in, in terms of where it is versus the competition and on the Android side of the fence and where it is versus previous iPhones. It, it's to me it, and that I, I literally wrote my entire review about the camera. I, yeah. I didn't even mention anything else. Yeah, I mean, like we we're talking about how fast, how much faster the processor is. Yep. You know, Apple put Lisa Jackson on stage during a keynote, and they're like, we want these products to last for a long time. And sort of a question I ask them every year is, well, hey, the GPU in the A11 was 30% faster than the GPU in the A10. Like, is that is that maxed out? You you run that thing red hot all the time? And I'm like, no, no. I think of that as headroom. Like, that, they're building these processors to last for a long time. Yep. And they're able to put iOS 12 on five-year-old devices and make them perform better. So that like just the amount of credit Apple gets for that, I think is out of whack. Like that's one of the best things they do. And their their lead in smartphone processors is so out of control that we I don't think we stop to like consider it enough, right? Yeah. So I, it's are you going to notice a difference between did you notice that 10S outside of like an AR demo that uses the neural engine? Did you notice it's much faster than the 10? Nope. Right. It's like the 10 is great. Nope. So like, what is the true? And and, like, did you did you notice that it has gigabit LTE? Like no, because I I try I, I did some speed tests and apparently there is no gigabit uh, LTE <laughs> or at least on Verizon here in Philadelphia. So I don't know where I have to go to try it, but because right, I like asked, one city with two levels. I asked because the one one of the it's it's so minor and I don't mind, but the one thing one of the things that I dislike about the 10s compared to the 10 is that the antenna bands on the stainless steel frame are asymmetrical whereas the 10 was perfectly symmetrical and it really the part that really bothers me aren't the antenna lines it's the speaker grills on the bottom of the phone where there's only three holes on the left and six holes on the right as opposed to six and six like it was before and it's because there's no room for the extra holes uh because of the the new speaker line um, or, or antenna line. And I asked, and I thought maybe that was about the dual SIM thing that they had to have different antennas for the two SIMs, but they said, no, it was all about this thing about the, uh, it, it's the gigabit LTE. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I would love to have gigabit LTE Verizon, please roll it out in Philadelphia, but apparently it's not here yet because I don't, I didn't get any better LTE per I'm, and Verizon is very good in Philadelphia. I get very good LTE service, but it's not better than the iPhone 10. Um, this is totally tangential, but there's there's just like growing like discontent in sort of the, the wireless policy world that there are actually no good maps of coverage in the United States. <laughs> I believe like, everyone, that. everyone is lying. So <laughs> like policymakers can't be like, hey, we need to like spend more money in Kansas to put more coverage here right. because they don't actually know. Um, and like you could I just Googled where is gigabit LTE and like. No, no, no. I did the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I, I did a speed test to see if it was here and it wasn't. And I was like, well, is there anywhere nearby where I can test it? And I was like, there's like nothing that nobody knows. It's all, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's that stuff. Like these are incremental. The phone will last longer. Five years from now, maybe right. Verizon will have gigabit LTE in Philly and your phone will yeah. be better. But yeah. compared to the 10, it's the same. And yeah. like, so yeah, it's it's down to that camera. Yeah. Um, did you notice the photos taken on the camera? have 60% greater dynamic range on the 10S screen. No. Like, people ask me about it. I'm like, I don't. 
I like, don't. I'm a picky asshole with this yes. shit, and I can't see it. I, I don't see that either. Well, I, and so, it brings me to to me the 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 elephant in the room of this whole thing is the iPhone 10R. Yeah. And I, you know, they don't Apple to to in my personal experience, Apple never seeds review units more than like 10 days before they ship. That's just uh, everything I've ever gotten from them is always, I've never gotten anything further in advance. So for example, famously last year when the flagship one, the iPhone 10 was the one that was delayed and wasn't going to ship immediately after the event in September, everybody, you know, we got the iPhone eights to review and everybody's like, what? I don't want the iPhone. I want the iPhone. I want the 10. I'm so excited for the 10. Why are you giving me this thing that I'm not excited about? You know, um, and, and, you know, to my knowledge, and I'm, I'd be shocked if anybody has one, nobody has an iPhone 10R review unit and the reviews I'm guessing will, will happen exactly on the same schedule. Like if you, you know, I'm guessing we'll get them. I think it ships on the 26th and pre-orders are the 19th in October. So I'm guessing that anybody who gets an iPhone 10R review unit will get it sometime early in the week of the night, you know, that the Friday ends on the 19th. So probably like, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday of that week, we'll get review units and the embargo will be three or four days before they ship on the 26th. Cause that's just, their schedule is almost in stone. Yeah. Um, but so all that said, my experience with the iPhone 10R is at the event in the hands-on area afterwards. And then in a, in a brief, brief, you know, off the record briefing afterwards, I got to play with one uh, backstage or, or behind the scenes. Um, I haven't, so I haven't seen one since, and I didn't get a lot of side by side time. But I have to say, from my eyes, and I, you know, my eyes, I'm 45, my eyes are declining. I don't really see the difference between the two displays side by side. They they both look great to me. I, I know that with darks, I, I can see it like you're watching a video or something with dark stuff. Mm-hmm. I can see the OLED advantages when it's dark, but when the screen is like lit up and you're just like looking at mail, I don't, uh, the 10R screen looks fantastic to me. And like, I did a thing where I like held them side by side and just looked at the home screen and like, look at all the icon colors and the, the 10R looks fabulous. I mean, I yeah. know it's a lesser screen, but it's a really good screen, and it's two hundred and fifty bucks less. Yeah, I think lesser is a really interesting frame for that, right? Like, it, LCDs are way better on some metrics than OLED, right? And OLED is way better on some metrics than others. So, for years, I would publish iPhone reviews of the LCD models of the eight plus or the seven or whatever, and I would say the iPhone has the best display in the market, right? Right. And all the Android fanboys in the world would like scream at me that like Samsung's OLEDs, if you look at them long enough, are so bright they'll like burn your eyes out <laughs> the back of your skull. Um, and <laughs> some of that's true. And like the black, you know, like all that stuff is true. But Apple has always had their LCDs have always been the most accurate. Yes. They've always been the most pleasing to look at. They do the best sort of aliasing tricks that they that anybody does. And so if you remember last year with the 10, the question was, can Apple make an OLED that looks as good as their LCD that isn't as yeah. crazy with colors and saturation? I think they accomplished it. So it, lesser is like a really interesting yeah. to me. Like they're obviously different, right? But the real questions are, I know what Apple is doing because it's a smart thing to do is they're putting all of their best stuff into the OLED. So 
you know, the Razer phone has like a 120 hertz refresh LCD. The iPhone XR does not, right? Yeah. yeah. Do, do I want that? Do I love ProMotion on the iPad? Yeah. Can the LCD do it, right? Is there LCD technology in this world that can do it? Yes. Is it in the XR? No. So it's like an interesting spec comparison. Like, where are they trying to land this screen? And how does it really work in comparison to the OLED? Side by side, that hands on, there's no way I can tell the difference. The one thing I got was um, I brought a macro lens to the event and I took a bunch of super close up photos of the notch and the curved corners because I heard Phil Schiller say, We're doing really advanced anti aliasing to make these corners work. And I thought, What does that mean? And they are. The, you know, if you look at the iPhone 10 notch, that's a totally smooth curve of pixels. The, 10 R is a there's like a there's like a gradient curve going on there. It's super interesting to me. I'm yeah. very curious how that works. Yeah, I am too. I, and you know, and, and it's you know, we can't go on at length about it because we haven't had the 10 R to test, but the the basic thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people who read Daring Fireball and is hey, I don't really use the 2x camera on my plus <laughs> yeah. that much and yeah. so i'm kind of leaning towards just getting the 10r and am i missing anything like i it seems like it's just as good and 250 dollars less yeah, uh, i think they're gonna sell a billion of these phones i, I it, absolutely I, I really really do i i honestly think that the premium you pay for the 10s versus the 10r is really fundamentally just about the second camera lens which is, you know, if you use it, it's significant. And that it's just slightly nicer. You know, stainless steel is nicer than aluminum. OLED is nicer than LCD overall. But it's just a little nicer. And if you really think that the 10R is nice enough, then you're, you're just, honestly, you're not missing anything. <laughs> you're not missing anything. Apple it isn't holding anything back. You, They want you to buy it if you want it. It's still a $750 phone to yeah, start. Yeah. It's not, you know... Uh, you know, but but you, I, I really do feel like from the Twitter and the email feedback I've gotten from readers that they're 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 like, what am I missing? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you're missing nothing. Just go get pre-order the 10R as soon as they start taking pre-orders because you're you're you know you've got the right thing going on. You know, there's like the the sort of like Verge alumni mafia in the world now. Like, you know, Joanna wrote she used to be a reviewer at the Verge. She's at the Journal. Lauren Good is at Wired, and like all of us landed in the same place, which made me laugh, which was. This phone is great, but wait for us to review the 10R and then we'll tell you what to do, right? And that wasn't yeah. like a, yeah. it wasn't court. It was just like very funny because yeah. I know how everyone thinks. Uh, and we all obviously all work together, so uh, it was just really funny because you know the point of a review for us. I don't know if it's the point for you. Um, you, you, you know what Daring Fireball does is, is different, but the point for me and for Joanna and for Lauren and other people who run these big consumer pubs is. To help people make purchase decisions, yes. right? To help people spend money. And so for us, all of us landed in the same place, which was we cannot at this moment help you make this purchase decision because we don't have all the information. And it's I think that that's not bad for Apple. It means people no. are going to buy iPhones. Yeah. But it does mean the 10R reviews are going to be the scrutiny of that phone, I think, will be higher than the scrutiny of the 10S. I do too, and I, I. It's an interesting flip year over year because last year when the 10 first came out, and the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus were great phones, and if there had been no iPhone 10 last year, 
it, it, they would have been fine. There, there would have been definitely some, some legitimate criticism about the fact that if, if there were no iPhone 10 a year ago, there would have been some legit criticism that I, Apple is behind the curve on getting these edge to edge displays, you know, that the, the chin and forehead look, you know, they're, they're, you know, behind they're, they're clearly behind. It's better not to have big chins and foreheads. And the iPhone eight and eight plus still had the traditional big chin and forehead that would have been legit, but otherwise they were totally credible, you know, 2017 phones. Um, but given that the 10 existed, there was just this huge chasm in quality and interest yeah. and, and, you know, uh, between the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, which were good phones, you know, they're fine, but it, the 10 was better in so many ways and, and just looked better in so many ways and was better. Whereas this year, it is the f- complete opposite where the, the I, I again, not in hand yet, so let's wait and see. But to me, the 10R is the new iPhone. It is the one that more people are going to buy, the one that more people should buy. And the the 10s is just sort of like a trim level that you're paying two hundred and fifty dollars for. Yeah, you know it's like, what's the new product? Yeah, fundamentally, I, I, I'm very. What do you make of them not selling the 10 anymore? Well, I think it's I think it's very obvious. It doesn't fit in a product line, and I think it's exactly like the the fact that the, when the original iPhone was replaced by the 3G that they just dumped the original it was it was you know almost like they shipped a prototype you know <laughs> right yeah. and they did the same thing with the iPhone 5 right where so we had the iPhone 5 and then when they came out with the 5S they dumped the 5 and had the 5C which was the phone with the the uh, uh, the fives internals, but a different case. And it was because that case was very expensive to make, you know, like the, the chamfered edges along the iPhone five and five S and the SE, it was not cheap to make. And, you know, the plastic of the five C was cheaper to make. Uh, I think that's exactly what's going on with the iPhone 10. And if you think about it, it doesn't fit. Like if given the existence of the 10R and the 10S, if they did keep the iPhone 10 around and sold just, you know, like a 128 gigabyte version of it, where does it fit in a product line? Because the camera is so much worse, right? The the 10R at $750 is absolutely a better phone than than the year old iPhone 10. Wow, that's a big call. Well, I I guess absolutely is maybe not quite clear because the iPhone 10 does have the dual camera system, but the wide angle lens is so much better in the 10R. And to me, that outweighs the advantages of the iPhone 10's OLED versus the 10R's LCD. It's it 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 would make for a very confusing product line if they still sold even just one one model of the iPhone 10. It just doesn't fit. I think the way to look at it is the 10R has replaced the 10. Right. Yes, exactly. And it's it, overall, I think overall it is better. It, 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 you know, the, the, the computational photography stuff that they get from this neural engine and, and the bigger sensor, I, I would, I would rather have a 10 R than the 10, even though I you don't, know, I don't like the size. The only thing I don't like about the 10 R is I think 6.1 is too big as the one and only size. The, one of the biggest pieces, you know, the, one of the biggest pieces of feedback, like after the event, not for us, but for like Apple was, people on the Verge staff and people out in the world being like, I just want a small phone. Yeah. I just want that iPhone SC size with a, with a full, like a edge to edge display. And I, I, where I've landed is it's the same thing as the photo stuff. 
there's what you think you want, and then there's what you prefer. Yeah. Right? And I, it just, like, it feels like everyone in the world has the data to say, actually, no one buys the small phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, but on the other hand, we do know that the iPhone SE was actually more popular than Apple expected. And they were actually, it, it was sold out weeks in advance for a lot longer, you know, when it first came out. So yeah. was that because of the price or was it because of the size? You know, who knows? But I, I, I think that there's enough. I, I, I feel like we're never going to see an iPhone as small as the SE again. But I, my secret hope, and I have absolutely no inside juice on this at all, and, and the rumors probably won't crank up until like January or so if it's true. But the way that last year we only got one size of the iPhone 10. This was it, one and only, because they, they were like pushing the envelope. This is the one size we're going to make. And now this year we've got two. We've got that one and a bigger one. My secret hope is that next year... There's a successor to the 10R that's smaller. Interesting. And and it would be, and and also smaller than the iPhone. 10s you know what i mean the the 5.8 yeah. in size it would you know what i mean like so so the smallest would be in 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 my dream world next year the smallest new iphone would be the the 10r then that they, they they would call like the 6.1 <laughs> You know what Sorry, I mean? These names, these names are getting away from them so oh. fast oh. that it's impossible to talk about. I, I, I think, <laughs> I off the top of my head, I've been trying to do it right this whole episode. <laughs> I think that I've said ten every time. I haven't said X, you but have. I've probably said X. I don't know. But the, the, everyone's going to call it the XR. I can get away with ten S for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why, but. XR just sounds cool. Well, I'll tell you this, and, and we, I know we got to wrap up. Um, yeah. Uh, as a writer, I have to think of it as X because I'm typing in X, and my brain. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I'm not going to go on a rant about Roman numerals, but I fucking hate Roman numerals, and, <laughs> and I really hate Roman numerals. And and I was so excited. I've said this. I, w- I have said this on the show a couple of times, but I was so excited. I know you're a football fan too. I was so excited for Super Bowl 50 when the NFL switched to 5-0 instead yeah. of using Roman numerals. And I thought this is such a great out for them. Here it is. It's 50 and now they'll just use regular numbers. And then when they went back to Roman numerals for 51, I, I like yeah. lost my mind. I'm like, oh my God, you had your out. <laughs> Nobody likes this. This isn't classy. It's just confusing. Nobody knows. Yeah. I, I... But when I'm but, writing, so here's the thing, uh, uh, just a little bit of inside baseball. Like when I'm writing, I have to think of it as X. So and when I'm writing, I'm thinking of it as the XS and the XR because that's what I'm typing. But I get my A's and A's wrong if I don't use the iPhone. If I say faster than A, X, S, but that's wrong or, or than an XS, right? I would write an XS, but I have to write A, XS because it's really 10S. And so you want a instead of an, and so like it was like this little nitpick, and uh, it, you know, it literally eight in the morning after pulling an all nighter. I've got I always print my article if it's a long article. I always print, put it on paper, and take a red pen to it. And I've got like a <laughs> hundred little a's and ands <laughs> that are so inconsistent. Oh, I, they have to switch next year. There's there, I, there's no way they're sticking with Roman numerals. They, they can't. Wait, are you talking about the NFL or Apple? No, Apple. Apple. The NFL <laughs> NFL is a lost cause. NFL's it, lost, if the yeah. NFL didn't take that uh, Super Bowl 50 as their chance to change, they're never going to. I mean, their next chance to do it is like Super Bowl 100 and we're going to be dead. Yeah. Uh, Roman numerals famously uh, a, a numbering system that did not have the concept of zero. So <laughs> right. really the best choice that you want. Right. Uh, 
I think Apple's brand is iPhone 10. I think they're going to stick with it yeah, and drive like, us insane. Right. Because iPhone 10 is what they mean when they mean a, a edge to edge screen with a notch. Yeah, but then where do they go? You know, like uh, they can't. What are they going to do? Pick new letters? <sighs> Why not? Like, it, it, there's just 24 left. Like, let's, I let's keep, see that iPhone X or iPhone K or whatever. Right. right. Or like I wrote in my article, like iPhone XX, you know, the iPhone yeah. 10X <laughs> with, <laughs> with two X's. Like, it would be insane. But I, at you, this point, I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. Like, they're, so it looks like iPhone XX and you're supposed to say 10X. It would be crazy. I mean, it has already happened to me that I've been talking about my kid and said Max and somebody has thought about the phone. Like, I'm just (laughs) like, it's just like a personal affront to me, but we'll get through it. Uh, All right. I'm going to call that a wrap. This has been a great show. Uh, Yeah. I mean, thank you. It's so good to have you back on the show. And it was so good to have this this conversation. Let me thank our sponsors. We had, uh, let me think about this. We had Squarespace, where you go to make a website. We had Hello Pillow, where you can get a buckwheat pillow. And last but not least, we had uh, Trace Pontas, where, where you can get some delicious coffee. So my thanks to them. My thanks to you, Neelai. Everybody can follow you on Twitter as uh, Reckless. Yeah. R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S. Great Twitter account. You and I always have some good back and forth there. And, of course, uh, you and all of your uh, excellent colleagues at The Verge. Thank you so much. By the way, if you want to see some good Twitter John and I had a great conversation about the iPhone 3GS keynote a few days ago. Oh, that was which, I, I, iPhone 3G, not 3GS, 3G. Right. Yes. Go watch that. It's incredible. Yeah. You know what? That's funny. It's funny you bring that up. And I, I it, it was lost in the shuffle of me trying to get these reviews together. But you brought this up on Twitter. That is such a great thing. You 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 mentioned this, and I, I'll put it in the show notes. It it's stunning. You brought it up as as sort of like the the canonical like. Or not canonical, but like an un, un, unheralded just, Steve Jobs yeah. keynote. It's totally underrated. Like, right? It's so it's it's so remarkably efficient, and it still seems like just looking back, like the App Store three G. Like, <laughs> it's just like it just like bangs through it. It's right. incredible. So yeah. it, the gist of it, and you're right. I kind of had forgotten it, and I was there in the room for it. It, it so everybody remembers the original iPhone keynote. It's it's like the it it is. I've always said, and I, I think I, I I expect to finish my career and still say that the Apple keynote was the original iPhone keynote because everything you'd want. Uh, just a flabbergasting uh, everything you could dream of this it really is it's not just an ipod with a cell phone it is literally a new computing platform it's os 10 running on a cell phone and has this wonderful new interface and blah 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 and it was all secret nothing had leaked you know other than the vague rumor that apple was quote unquote going to announce a phone that was the only thing that leaked was that they might really be announcing a phone at macworld it was the keynote because the the, what it looked like as hardware what it looked like at software had all been kept under wraps so in terms of actually having a humongous surprise it was it but then a a year and a half later when the 3g came out (laughs) i it it is totally forgotten like it was it was 20 minutes (laughs) In the, <laughs> at, at the end of the WWDC keynote. So they didn't even hold an event for it. It was just yeah. 20 minutes at the end of the WWDC keynote, Apple, Steve Jobs uh, unveiled the iPhone 3G. And it was, it, it, it really was the iPhone that exploded. Like the original iPhone, very, very few of them was sold. I think they only sold like 6 million of them. 
uh, you know, they probably sold more than that in the first 15 seconds of the pre-order a week ago. Uh, it, it, the, yeah. the 3G keynote, I'll put it in the show notes. You've got to watch it. It is 20 minutes long, and it was in the <laughs> middle of a WWDC. And like you said, it is incredibly efficient. It is it, – it, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's like, here are all the problems. Like he says, like, 56% of people think the iPhone is too expensive. Well, problem solved. Like, starting price 199 Like, 80% of people are use exchange. So we added enterprise yeah. support. Like, he's like, here are all the problems. I solved them. Get out of here. Buy an iPhone. See you later. Yeah. Edges, like, edges stay safe too, out there. Edge is too slow. Here's 3G. And like you said, yeah. like, you called this out. You called this out on Twitter. Like, to show how much faster it was, he actually just stood aside quietly and let web pages load. <laughs> Yeah, it's twenty minutes, and one minute is silent <laughs> web page loading. One, yeah, yeah one, one minute is waiting for the New York Times homepage to load on an edge network. <laughs> Just yeah, it's it's but so it, unlike anything anyone would do today. Uh, it is uh, nobody but Steve Jobs could pull it off. It really is. It, it so the better keynote, obviously, the better announcement is the original one. But in terms of like a performance, like and what Steve Jobs could. Do on stage that nobody else ever could do. It's it's a better example. It's actually a better Jobs performance. Yeah, I mean, no one else is making people wait a minute no. for Edge phone to load a web And everybody clapped. Everybody was like, everybody was like clapping, like, "Thank you for making me watch that." Yeah, and by the way, the three G phone took twenty one seconds. Like, it was still an eternity. And he's like, "Look at how much faster it is." Well, that's funny too, and I did notice that. And I, I, it's it's one of those things. I don't know if I've ever written about it or not, but it is funny because then he even compared it to Wi Fi, and Wi Fi was eighteen seconds. And it's you know, like the the truth of it is, is that web pages are computationally very expensive to render. And so, like ten years ago, it it. Yes, it was very slow on edge, but actually most of the time you spent that your phone spent rendering the page was actually like HTML being rendered through the CPU to figure out where everything goes. Like we take it for granted now that our phones can like, you know, reload a web page and have it come up in like two or three seconds. But yeah. most of that now is isn't even just networking advantages. It's the fact that the CPU is so much faster. Yeah, it's I mean, you just got to watch this thing like. <sighs> It is so good. It is just virtual. <laughs> it's virtuoso. It really is. I'm so glad you remembered to call that out because it, it, it really was. And it was a great Twitter conversation. Well, I was looking at, I was looking at iPhone. I was just like looking at iPhone prices to see, you know, cause the, the 10 S max max is like $1,400, right? Yeah. Fourteen. And I was like looking at the chart and I was like 199. <laughs> and then I ended up like, damn. And like the carrier deals were actually far worse yes. for you. Yeah. It's like a totally different situation, and but like he put up the slide. It's like one ninety nine. I was like, that slide is long gone. Like <laughs> we're never seeing that again. Can I tell you one more behind the scenes tidbit from the yeah. event last week? Was uh, I was I was sitting uh, next to a friend of the show and oftentimes guest Dan Fromer from Recode, and we were towards the back. We were in the center, but towards the back, and there were a lot of. Uh, press people from Asia around us. And I think they were mostly from China. I mean, I honestly don't know, but, um, and, and there was a weird thing going on at, at first where it, it, I would say for the first 30 minutes of the Apple event where Apple had provided uh, Asian language 
press. I don't know if this is new or if they've done it before, but like earpieces where they could get like a oh, yeah. real time translation, but they were turned up way too loud. And so a lot of these, a lot of the people had taken them out of their ears and were just sort of holding them because it was so loud that they didn't. But that meant that like I could hear this sort of muffled. I, I thought that it was at first, I thought it was people like listening to something on their phone with the speaker on. And I was like, <laughs> this is incredibly rude. Why are you doing this? I'm, I'm hearing, but it was these earpieces. And then Apple, I guess, realized that it was too loud and turned it down. And, but you know, about halfway through or maybe like 30 minutes through it, it, it stop being a problem. But I was surrounded, you know, there were, uh, but I, because of that, I realized I was, there was a lot of Asian language press around us. When they announced the prices of the iPhone XS and the event, they, there were gasps, <laughs> like, because <laughs> I guess that there were rumors, there, there were so many rumors that the iPhone X's pricing last year was a one-off, you know, that yeah. this was an anomaly to, you know, that they've, you know, shipped this quote unquote phone from the future, you know, but that it would go back to where it used to be, where the high end phone started at like $700 or something like that. When they announced that these phones started at $999 and that the 10s Max started at $1,100, uh, there were gasps. I mean, just outright like shock. It was, it was the sort of gasp that you would expect if Phil Schiller had said, and the default wallpaper is uh, a nudie picture. <laughs> Wow, right? I didn't get that. Oh, it was it was, but it was only because I, they were like the two rows behind me were just filled with uh, uh I I think Chinese, but and and I it 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 just was so clear to me that they had bought hook line and sinker into the argument that that the phone prices were going to go back down this year and they they did not. Well, also, I mean, you can get a kick-ass phone in China for like 400 bucks. Right? So like yeah. it's way we actually sent um Ben Popper, he now works for DJI, but we sent him when he was a reporter for us. We sent him to China um, to go report on DJI as it happens. Um, and he texted me from like a store in Shenzhen. He was like, what phone do you want? <laughs> and he's like, this dude is just going to build me a phone. I'm like, do you want an iPhone body running Android? Do you want this weird ass copy of iOS? Like that market is like, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I think that pr those prices are really high. And I think yeah. – yeah, that's a whole other conversation. We well, and then the other thing, I, you know, I know we got to wrap up, but the other thing too, though, is that the way that Apple staged the show, watch first, then the 10s, and then the 10R. So instead of doing the best or, or better and then best, they went best and then. But it makes sense given how good the 10R is that they, you know, they can just say it has the same great A12 we already told you about, same great wide angle camera, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It makes sense. And it is back in line with what people expect from iPhone pricing for a brand new generation. But so the, 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 the gasps at the 10S pricing, I think, were uh, exacer or, or lessened after the 10R pricing was unveiled half an hour later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a good setup, right? You get, no, yeah. it's just a cheap one. Yeah. All right, so we're going to have to do this again when the 10R comes out, I think is the end of this conversation. Yeah, definitely. I, that's what I say. All right, thank you, Neelai. I really appreciate it, and uh, have a good weekend. Thanks, man. Love you on the show. All right.